can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, 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 hey! Welcome back to NWM, as the fans are calling it. But you know, we we it goes by the name "Movies We Miss," and it is mm-hmm. me, Brandon Greenhouse, and my lovely co-host Jane Eliza Hammer, coming at you mm. live and in color. She's rocking a messy bun today, and what looks like a sports look. Um, in the well, I do I do have workout clothes on. Um, also with the you know the intention is always there to work out and so sometimes you put on the clothes to sort of get you in the mood the best laid plans of mice and men (laughs) i feel like you've already written my story which is not gonna work out but there's like you know what the day isn't over i understand that this is and and for those of you who don't know we do record in the evening time after the day is sort of plenty of people work out at night concluded yeah plenty of people work at night i will say i have absolutely never done it <laughs> well hey this is the first time for everything who knows you may just start doing burpees in the middle of this it's true and um you know my breath control is so good you brought you guys probably won't even be able to tell so i've heard your albums so well, i know that. <laughs> you can my many cover albums yeah they it um, is mostly cover it has turned sort of into that i mm-hmm. i know a lot of the people were thinking how do we consider her like an artist artist if she's only gonna where's the original content um yeah and i you know i've worked with a lot of songwriters and mm. um yeah just like really famous prolific ones like um (laughs) diane warren Ah, (laughs) yeah um i know famously she wrote i don't want to miss a thing she did Um, it sounds like she may have missed those recording sessions with you though and writing songs as well i I don't you know she and i have had a couple recording sessions nothing great has come out of it though so we kind of I'm, i'm waiting to kind to work with someone who inspires me more than Diane Warren. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm, um, mm-hmm. She is. She's one for the beasts. Those the vocal mm-hmm. beasts. I know use her a lot. Celine. Me. Mariah, um. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> she wrote for you. I will for Monica for the Space Jam soundtrack. Iconic. Um, oh wow. Yeah. For you, she won't. It seems. But, um, <laughs> I like knew it was coming. <laughs> but yeah, it still feels good though, even when you see yeah. it from a mile away. To, yeah, it know. still feels good to get it out. For those of you who are listening, I, I, I who don't know anything about me, um, I do. We are kidding. Yeah. I am. Tell the truth because <laughs> lately it's been you stutter. Stutter, stutter, stutter. <laughs> Ooh, a little Joe action. I never my forgot. Dear, my dear, my dear, you do not know. Do not me, know me, but you know you very well. And let me tell you, let me tell you that I call, 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 call. That song is not celebrated enough. <laughs> it's not. 
Um, <laughs> and it happened. It uh, did. Yeah. So I'm more of an I love I want to know. That's such a good song. Mm, mm. I don't. Can you sing a little, a couple bars? I want to know what turns you on. Yeah, I know that. I want to know. I want to know. And he says, I want to know what makes you cry so I can be the one that always makes you smile. Mm. That's not actually how that works, though. That's always been a lyric that's bothered me. Yeah, I haven't. Right? I, I, I guess I've actually never spent time thinking about it. I famously spent time <laughs> thinking and mulling over early aughts. That's actually thoughts. what you're going to get your PhD in is that lyric. And you're going to write just your that whole, one. Yeah. yeah, just that one. Just the one. <laughs> so. All right, so I was given the task this week of watching a movie that is gay film canon, and like mm-hmm. I've never actually seen it before. Although it's one of those movies that I feel like I've seen before, but I know I, I knew I hadn't. But it's just crazy that for some reason I never seen it, and I don't even know how I went that long in my life without seeing it, which is the case with a lot of these movies. But um, this one is 1999's "But I'm a Cheerleader," mm-hmm. um, directed by Jamie Babbitt, uh, written by uh, Brian <coughs> Peterson of the Story by Jamie Babbitt as well starring Natasha Lyonne, Clea Duvall and RuPaul Charles and Kathy mm-hmm. Moriarty also Academy Award mm-hmm. nominated actress for Raging Bull get into it uh, and so this movie was a hoot it was what it was funny because I was talking to Dave about it before we watched it and it had like a a Waters-esque quality to it at times like it felt like a John Waters movie kind of like it had that oh, sense yeah. of that sort of a little bit I mean it, it would have I know if it was a John Waters movie it would have gone a little bit further um but <laughs> well this is actually a huge like reaching movie like i feel like this is like everybody's oh. heard of this movie but i don't know if everyone's seen it no no but i just mean yeah you're absolutely right i just mean like it, john waters in the sense that like it has that sort of like the way that he tackles things like satire the way that he deals with <laughs> you know gender identity and mm-hmm. you know he really sort of like you know thumbs up his nose at like the status quo it's wonderful it's like the fa- it's what he's <laughs> Yeah. we're on and this movie sort of feels like like it is I won't say inspired by but it has it has this well Jamie Mink Babbitt Stoll, said and Mink Stoll of course yeah of course instantly you but think of Jamie John Babbitt Waters. the director did say that you know he was definitely John Waters movies were absolutely an inspiration for this movie as well so yeah amazing I'm, and it makes total sense and yeah it's, it's I, but I was it's, but I <clears throat> when the movie started I instantly went looking for John Waters name somewhere and it was so funny because I didn't find it and I was like oh okay Okay. Um, because I just I inst- instantly thought of of him. So yeah, this was really wonderful. Um, should I read the synopsis? Absolutely. Oh my god. Yes, Jane. Sorry. <laughs> this was a, I was, no, no, no. It's okay. No. I I'm so I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. I mean, it was you know it's obviously a really significant movie to me. So, um, I just wrote a quick synopsis for anybody who hasn't seen it, so you guys can tune in. <clears throat> Megan Bloomfield is a cheerleader. She's a school spirit warrior, hometown repping, pom-pom wielding, boyfriend loving, blonde haired, Aryan wet dream middle American. She would make any parent proud, but there's no denying it anymore. The evidence is stacked against her. The pictures of women in bikinis hanging in her locker, the Georgia O'Keeffe inspired embroidery on her throw pillows, the Melissa Etheridge posters, the fact that she thinks about boobs while making out with her football player boyfriend. 
Yep. Megan Bloomfield is a homo, and she's the absolute last person to find out. After her family and friends stage an intervention, she's shipped off to True Directions. Some call it gay rehab. Others refer to it as a psychologically traumatic experience where a team of people with zero credentials try to convert teenagers from gay to straight, which is a scientifically impossible task. But Mary Brown, director of Two Directions, is going to try anyway. There, Megan meets a cast of characters all in the same spot as her. They embark on a five-step journey to enforce very specific gender roles and to find their root, which has caused them to turn from heterosexual, which is obviously how all of us are started, over to homosexual. Here we meet Graham, a mysterious and greasy-haired, cigarette-smoking, soft-butch teenage dream who grabs Megan's attention. At first, Megan doesn't know what to make of Graham, but when she finally allows herself to give in, she very quickly falls in love and Graham is right there to catch her. But how does a same-sex couple make it work within the walls of a gay conversion camp? Will they find the strength to leave everything behind just to be with each other and live a life free of all this horrible bullshit? You will find out when you go to whatever streaming service you have available. Watch this beautiful, life-changing movie for me when I was 15, but I'm a cheerleader. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. Really sweet. I like that. Well, it's a really sweet movie. It it's, is. It's it's a movie that means so much to me. I mean, it really did change my life when oh, I watched I it. That. Yeah, and it was you know it was fun to revisit. I've seen it. I'm not kidding. Maybe a hundred times. So. Oh my! I mean, I, I get it. Like, yeah. no, it was a lot of fun, uh, and it is one of those movies that was was watching it. I was sort of. That's why I was having the moment of like, how wow, have I not seen this movie before? Because mm-hmm. it was a blast. Um, mm-hmm. One of the um, the first things that I sort of noted in the movie was, in addition to the 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 breasts at the very beginning of the movie and those, <laughs> and those um sport those were sports bras. Right? Yeah, they were like cheerleader outfits, but like the top was like a sports bra and a skirt. They wanted to really like amp it up. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, I noted uh, our little Miss Michelle Williams. Who? Yes. I think I instantly made probably unfairly because of her short haircut, and also because <laughs> it was Michelle Williams. I was like, oh, she's gonna be a huge part of this film because I thought that they were gonna fall in love. That was my first mm-hmm. thought when the movie started. It was like, oh, these two are gonna end up together. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she was she was working for the other side, and I was really she was, and she's a really small part in this film. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I was really surprised by how small that part was. Actually, I kept thinking she was going to be in the mix more, but you know? I feel like though, like Michelle Williams did a very interesting thing with her career, where like she Dawson's Creek was obviously like the huge thing that she was Jen. in, and this was like during or I think it was probably during her um, Dawson's Creek run but I think she's always made very interesting choices movie wise which has led her up to be able to do all of these really amazing movies and so I think she was like you know what I'm gonna I'll take a smaller role even though I'm sort of like a you know teen heartthrob right now because I think this movie is really interesting and needs to be made that's my assumption (laughs) so this was after Dawson's Creek I think it was during because I feel like Dawson's uh, well, when did Dawson's well I think um, let's probably look, let's, right around the same time actually yeah 
so it looks like Dawson's Creek started in 1998. So this was, this came out in 99-2000. So this was probably around the same time. Or, I mean, it may have even been filmed before she, you know, really had gotten that Dawson's Creek gig. Because if I, That's because true. Because I yeah. do know her, Jen's hair is longer than this, so that doesn't mean anything with extensions and stuff. But when she comes yeah, in, but like she, I remember Jen got a haircut, like at some point when she huh. was in Dawson's Creek, which I think was like maybe the second season. So that's why this leads me to believe that this was filmed in but between it was, seasons. It was probably still a good gig though. Even, even so yeah. just because, I mean, she was on a television show on what would have been the CW. Yeah. Which is, it was a CW. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I'm sure it was like, yeah, like, you know, this is still a moment, you know, I got the time I'll do it. And it probably also didn't require more than a week of film. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I yeah. like to believe it's a story that she wanted to like bring her like celebrity to. Maybe, of course, of course. I want to believe that. I don't know if it's true, but um, <laughs> no, but you, you know, but I'll write whatever story I want. Exactly, <laughs> typical. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's also we meet her boyfriend, and then they have this like awful makeout scene <laughs> where they're in his car. He's clearly trying to give Captain of the Football Team vibes. And they're mm-hmm. in the car making out, and as Dave noted, whenever they start kissing, her eyes glaze over, and she's just like, it's like she's staring off at like a blank space on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a really like, it was a really funny moment, and Natasha Leone, of course, you know, tackled it with her amazing comedic timing that she, you know, she brings to the role. So funny, um, and like the kiss itself, like every time she kisses her boyfriend in this movie, it's so disgusting. Like yeah. he just like shoves his entire higher tongue in her mouth and she's And her just mouth like... goes sort of like slack. Like <laughs> yeah. her mouth sort of like just goes slack and her eyes just sort of like glaze over and it was really it was really a, a treat a treat to behold um also she says because she wants it to be over she says i've got to get home um and then he says please and then she says okay it was like so gross i hated it so gross i didn't even notice um, that yeah please like, more of this more um, of this i'm loving this how are you not loving this i've definitely it's like when you <laughs> when you kiss people who are not good at kissing <laughs> And it's oh, just sure. like, and it's like you want to get out of there. And I mean, obviously, there's the added layer that she doesn't enjoy it because she's uh, clearly a homosexual. But I mean, he just doesn't look like he's a good kisser at all. No, yeah, it's just it's not really working. Also, um, I did note the prayer there. She gets home. There's a prayer that her family has, um, and I did. I I wanted to recite the the prayer. Oh yeah, please recite the prayer for us. Um, a portion of it at least. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for the abundance that you have provided. Uh, Please help us to follow your path, the one you intended for us to follow. Please help us to obey the roles in life that you have set for us for all that is natural and healthy (laughs) and sacred. And so, so I pointed. It, yeah, he might as well have just leaned over and been like, "That's you too, Leslie." Like, <laughs> or like poked her in the arm while he was like, you know, pay special attention to this part. 
<laughs> he does like side eye her when he's doing it. I think they're like it's at the t- dinner table before they eat, and he like she has her eyes closed, but her dad is like side eyeing her while saying all of this. There's also like this thing that happens in the. It reminded me of like in the black church is like this thing where like people like decide that they want to like when people are like get up to like speak like the elders of the church, mm-hmm. like the older black women, and they get up to like do the prayer for the church, and you feel like personally attacked. Like, dear Lord, dear Lord, we wanna we wanna thank you. We wanna we wanna give thanks even for the people who spent the dollars that the hard earned money that they had that should be going in this tithing plate last night dropping it in the club. For they know not what they do. But maybe they do know and it's just a decision that they're making and it's a selfish one, but we're not gonna hold it against them. No, we're not. Um, and we want to also spend a special prayer out to the the men and the women who are not living life as you would have them live it as it says in the bible some of you are taken up with other men and other women and i'm not naming no names because that's not my job but i am letting you know that under this roof we serve the lord and we've like already winking at you. certain people. Exactly, like random audience points. And yeah, exactly. Like. Just chucking handfuls of glitter at like the little gay boy in the second row. They know not what they do. It's like the mic is in your face, though. They're pointing at you. Um, but it was like, very that. It gave me those vibes. Yeah, coughing people's names, <coughs> Brandon. Oh. Oh. No, I mean, I was. I was there. I was going to say, were you not a homosexual in church? (laughs) No, I was there. The sweat, beads of sweat pouring down my forehead. Like, I'm going to go some some water from that little water fountain out there. (laughs) I'll be back. Um, Yeah, Mm. no. But it was very that, um, but the white version. So I I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Also, Dave just mentioned, which I don't know why this is was funny to me. He was watching, the, I think, the UFC fight this past week. Mm-hmm. And he was watching it at his friend Noah's house. And apparently his friend Jake, like, Dave Chappelle was there. And apparently he, like, walked out, um, you know, all dressed up in a suit and glasses and a hat and stuff. And, and Jake just goes, RuPaul! Because Jake just thought... <laughs> Because Jake just thought that he looked so much like RuPaul in a suit. And I just thought that was funny because I never would have thought of Dave Chappelle and RuPaul looking alike. But I was like, yeah, I guess I could kind of see it. Um, Also, does Jake talk like that? RuPaul! I mean, that's a bastardization of a bastardization Mm. of Jake's voice. Um, Mm. So we're twice removed at this point. Um, Mm. But yeah, we had a conversation about that. I also, on a side note, I was reading an article about RuPaul where RuPaul talked about um, being waved down by um, Vanessa and Kobe Bryant at like in the lobby of a hotel and how they came up to him and told him how much they love uh, RuPaul's mm. Drag Race and they they watched it and I thought that was really cool. That I was is like, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Did you did you know he was going to be in this movie? I did, but for some reason I thought he was going I thought that RuPaul was going to be in full drag. So I was uh, really This is surprised. like one of the first movies he's not 
in I, I read somewhere it's like he I think this is maybe one of the only movies like he doesn't appear in drag at all. He was in this movie that I can't believe I didn't look up, but I remember this movie. God, I'm so gay. It was a Lifetime movie starring RuPaul as the best friend of Stalker Channing. And Stalker Channing was... <laughs> Stalker Channing the was like the... gayest movie of all time. RuPaul and Stalker Channing in a Lifetime movie. <laughs> RuPaul's Stalker Channing... Oh my God, is this the cast? There's like... Okay, there's a photo of RuPaul, Stalker Channing, Jennifer Lewis, and Elaine Stritch. Oh my um, God! <laughs> that is the most the gayest movie of all time. Oh my god, I cannot I, I can't find the name of it. It was I remember watching this movie though, and I think that Stalker Channing was like a woman who wanted to have a child. It was like she wanted to have a child and he was like her best friend. And I remember them like it was a really like oh wait, is this it? Is it called The Truth? No, this is something else. I gotta find it. I gotta find it. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those movies that I remember, like, rushing home to watch and recording on VHS. Um, <laughs> but was he in Dragon that movie? No, he wasn't. Okay. And I remember that. That's why I remember it, because it was really surprising. It was the first time that I'd ever seen RuPaul not in drag. So um, he wasn't in drag in the movie at all? No, and it blew my mind. Okay. So my little factoid was wrong then. <laughs> well, no, it was. I think I think it was around the same time, and I think it's one of the only other times that RuPaul oh, wasn't okay. in drag. So you're right. Um, okay. I um, was gonna say. Oh, I mean, it also should be noted though too that like at this point, I mean, when this movie was made, like RuPaul, although RuPaul's Drag Race obviously was ten years away from existing, mm-hmm. I mean, RuPaul was still like an icon even at this. Oh, point. absolutely. Like, RuPaul has been a household name for a very very long time. I remember when I was in camp and I was 10 years old, we used to do, um, it was sleepaway camp and we used to do like, there was this big competition every year at the end of it called Whiff and Poof. Um, I don't know why it was called that, but we it was lip syncing. And so <laughs> your cabin would work on a song to lip sync, which is like, was this a drag show? I don't know. But like, <laughs> we would dress up and learn a song and lip sync it. And then, um, you know, there would be like, uh, you know gold silver and bronze you know who would win and I think I was like 10 or 11 years old and my cabin did Supermodel by RuPaul and so he's been around forever like and has been a household name forever I can't what were you going to say I could fully tell you weren't listening to me no I was no I was listening (laughs) to you okay um yeah, no. I was also looking for the movie. It's called An Unexpected Life. That's what it's called. Mm. <laughs> so that was really great. Also, RuPaul at this point had already done been the spokesperson for Matt Cosmetics, which was a huge deal. RuPaul had mm-hmm. also already had the, um, the VH1 talk show as well, which was another really Oh, cool yeah. Movie. So, yeah. He was totally a household name. Fully, yeah. And bring, brought a lot of star power to this movie, too. Exactly. And also to be such a huge gay icon and then take on this role, RuPaul, mm-hmm. as like, a, you know, a gay conversion coach of like I guess that's what they'd be called I don't yeah I don't know I don't know what they were called but um, um hacks um but, li- liars uh, liars um, yeah delusion. trauma makers trauma you trauma maker you trauma maker I like, you I like that I like that you trauma maker it sounds like a doing? real ha- it sounds like a real housewife like turn around like snippet like yeah these bitches think they're bad but I'm a trauma maker oh troublemaker that's so last year. <laughs> Gina's a trauma maker. <laughs> you I see you in therapy. 
Um, so yeah, no, very that. I feel like that's what you whisper to someone when you see them like verbally like abusing like a family member at like <laughs> at like Thanksgiving. At you like see, raising like... canes. Oh, oh, I was gonna say like a public function, but also oh, like, I was gonna say all... like a distant relative like <laughs> screaming at their kid in like a really aggressive way. Drama maker. Aunt Gertie, you trauma maker. Stop. <laughs> you already did enough damage to me. Um, I liked it better. I like it better when it's a person you don't know and aren't related to at like yeah. a public, like at a Popeyes. I love how you chose raising cans. Trauma maker. <laughs> um, the fresh yeah. maker. Yeah, I don't know why I chose two um, places that serve fried chicken. So mm, I'm hungry now. You want to touch that? Oh, I thought you were going to make a racist joke. Um, so. Oh my god! <laughs> How dare know. you? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so also I also I love that in the lockers towards the beginning of the movie there's a moment when she's at her locker and her um and her friend played by Michelle Williams is at her locker uh, and uh, Kimberly uh, Kimberly oh, uh, they, good, at her good call I never would have known that character's name my mom I took a quick scroll over to IMDb that's why I was stuttering 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 Ugh, I stuttered over the word stutter <laughs> you and Joe. Um, so, uh, but yeah, in her locker, she's got like some random dude, but I love that in Natasha Leone's locker, um, there's, I mean, I'm not, yeah, Natasha Leone's locker, there's like this photo that like, I just feel like if we were really going for like her being a lesbian, we could have picked a better (laughs) picture than like, it's like a perfume ad and this woman in like one of those like old school bathing suits with the like, Um, you are giving her the most, a perfume ad, it's like a Land's End catalog. (laughs) (laughs) It's like nothing it's like one of those like old school 90s bathing suits with like the piping around the top of the yes um, it's so it was just so funny i was like we really could have gone for it because this doesn't that could be like aspirational like that could just be her being like hashtag goals right um, exactly which is it, but it did it, the picture did remind me of like thumbing through my mom's ll bean like it, it's not like <laughs> what did that do for you jane looking at through the ll bean catalog ll bean let me tell you absolutely looking at nothing. those women in like palazzo <laughs> and like loose knit <laughs> it does sound like my nightmare actually that did nothing for me but what, what young tot jane though like yeah, no i was never lusting over women in an ll bean catalog. was it giving it wasn't giving you like full like that east coast full. tease <laughs> Upper crust woman who lives in like, you know, like a really like beautiful old Victorian, like Mm. in a small Connecticut town. No, it was me like with like a couple of farm animals in the backyard. Like a Delia's catalog and being like, hmm. Did that work for you, Delia's? No, I, I don't. Uh, to be honest, I don't really ever remember looking at catalogs and lusting over women. That was not really my vibe. Okay. All right. It takes all I always, kinds. What what'd you say? I said it takes all kinds. I'm like I'm more of like a Katie Lang, you know, Graham girl than like, you know, um Victoria's Secret type of woman. You know what I mean? So you didn't watch like there Ally weren't Mc, a- you didn't watch like Allie McBill and see like Courtney Thorne Smith and think like <laughs> No. No. A lot of the women that I was attracted to were not in catalogs and not on TV. Except for in this movie, honestly. 
Okay, they were. Which is why this was so significant because I know who I bet you were attracted to. Oh my god, who? Who? You were attracted to that girl. What was her name? The one on Saved by the Bell who came in with that leather jacket. Tori? Yeah, I was. (laughs) I knew it. That was your vibe. I did. That was absolutely my vibe. I I like. Okay, so this is why. So Graham in this movie, but I'm a cheerleader, was like had big dyke energy and that always always was so attractive to me someone who was like a little tough a little mysterious like probably like a bit of a bad girl like that was definitely more my vibe you were more into into that like um what like joey from uh one shot at love with tia tequila (laughs) you're first of all i hate that i know this but you're thinking of danny Thank you. The firefighter who, yes, I did lust after Danny because she was, again, one of the only, like, butch women I've ever seen on TV in nice. in a dating show. I love it. I love Absolutely. It. So, yeah. So, that so that was, like, a really funny <laughs> moment for me when all that happened. And then when um, she's, like, he's driving her home and he's driving the car so slow. And her boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> and it's, like, also just thinking about what that conversation must be like between like your parents and like your boyfriend or girlfriend to be like hey can we talk to you for a moment so we know you're dating our daughter um but we can also tell she's not sexually fulfilled by you um (laughs) you and your you have big cuck energy and so we know that you are not a person who could be pleasing her in any intimate why wouldn't you go with big cock energy because that's not what i meant (laughs) okay <laughs> um, so we uh, we're gonna need you to basically to verify that our daughter is not sexually engaged with you in any way, and then he mm-hmm. gives it. Yep, thumbs up on that. <laughs> and then they're like, "What's her boyfriend's name again?" I want to say Chip, but that might not be right. That sounds. I mean, that sounds like as accurate as anything's ever been. It's funny because it's hard with these people because they look so different. I know because this is you know um, twenty years ago. Is Peter her boyfriend? Maybe Peter. I think it's Peter, or maybe Jared. Come on. Wait, God. who's Peter? I may be wrong. But anyway, her boyfriend. He like that guy though, like the conversation that like they're like they're that you must be having for him to be in on the intervention. It's like, hey, could we confirm with you that our child is not really um sexually engaged during your intimate <laughs> moments? Because that's the only way that he would that he could be a part of otherwise your your partner would be like, What? Like, oh no. Because like, they do I'll go through like all of those things too, where it's like they like bring up all the evidence and the boyfriend evidence is like you don't even like kissing me or whatever which is like but to pull him in because that would be like the first person i imagine if you're this kind of weird overstepping parent like that you would like seek out like confirmation if you think your daughter's a a lesbian and she's got this boyfriend that she appears to be in a relationship with unless he's shown up at their house and been like hey mr and mrs parent can i talk to you really quick uh so i'm having a really tubular time getting to know your daughter but for whatever reason i'm getting what can only be described as a reticence from her when I try any tweakage or, you know, any major smooch smooch. So I just want to know if you as parent one and parent two could maybe speak to or confirm her heterosexuality. <laughs> um, why is she dating Polly Shore? Why not? <laughs> 
but anyways, yeah. that is a really weird conversation. How the fuck do they know? I'm like, yeah, come on in here and sit down. I know that she's not really showing up for you in the way that you need her to. And normally as a mom, I would just pull her aside and sit her down <laughs> on the couch. But she's been running <laughs> off with those Lands End catalogs of mine. <laughs> Running to the bathroom, spending a little too much me time with those Lands End catalogs. <laughs> she's obsessed with this photo of Courtney Thorne Smith and Lucy Liu um, from the cover of Time magazine. Looks like Pusha Rossi's peeking her head out in the back, too. I wonder what her deal is. Um, anyway, we're going to talk to her. So it's very that. Um, and yeah, it was just like weird. And then I love all the evidence that they have for her. They have like the pillow that's giving a little bit of like Georgia O'Keeffe vibes with like. Absolutely. With like the vagina in the middle, which is also like, like that has anything to do with her. Like what kid, what does pillow, where the throw pillows come from in your home? Like any child also, has ever brought home a throw pillow. I think the suggestion was that she embroidered it too. Oh, okay. I would have had to see her at work then. Doing yeah. That. Um, yeah. I, I was just like, okay, that's some of her art then. Um, and then they've like, I also love that they have like, like the um they have the Melissa Etheridge poster yes. in the background <laughs> which is just like from her like your little secret era it is just mm-hmm. like it's so funny it's like is that what the guitar. album is called yeah that would have yeah, i think that was like promo for is that, that for that is moment. that come to my window era that was the no, first one right that's yes i am no that was like her that was her fourth album <laughs> i didn't know you were such a Etheridge stan Etheridge head yeah 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 i love Etheridge because she's the only one who'd walk across the fire for me. <laughs> That's the real reason. I'm trying to, like, remember the rest of the lyrics, and I'm just coming. Something like, It's only fear that, that makes you run the demon of the heart when all the... Something is gone. Well, this isn't interesting for anybody but us. No, it isn't. But yeah, no. Um, but it's, I love that that they went really specific with Melissa Etheridge, which is they like really which is really fun for me. Um, yeah. So that, and then also they pull out the tofu, which I, I know. Love. <laughs> me too. Like There's a, like one bite taken out of it as like a like evidence sample, which I think is ugh, so funny. That nibble. Um, <laughs> also, Mink Stoll plays the mother. Um, so perfect. Wonderful, amazing Mink Stoll. Um, also, Rupa. Paul is wearing the shirt that I want so bad. It's a straight is great, and it's. Like, I had that in here, Jane. I was going to ask you if straight if straight is great was if that was a shirt that you had procured or if that was. Something. I I would love to have that shirt. Like the um, just like the um, what is it called? The font is great. It's like very like retro. I love it. Let me see if I can find to find one for you or work something out. Yeah, but then I'm like I'd be scared to wear that out because I would want people to understand that I was being ironic. But. Just wear a rainbow, um, wear a rainbow scarf tied around your neck. Mm. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I have a lot, a lot of rainbow know. scarves, so that will work. I have a so ton I think of rainbow that, scarves. That would be a good way. But I could totally see you <laughs> rocking that straight. Is you know. It's great. I'll get you one that says I'm down with brown as well. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I and definitely I, want to walk around wearing both <laughs> t-shirts. I wonder if people are going to, but I don't know if people think that that's like more toilet stuff. Oh, gross. <laughs> like my kink is like, I can't, I can't. We don't shame people for their kinks, Jane. We don't not, shame. Not here and not on we my watch. We don't. We don't shame people for their kinks at all, but I certainly don't want to talk about shit kinks while my mom is definitely listening. Okay. Anyways. 
lady doth protest too much. It sounds like maybe there's something to be hidden. But anyway, um, RuPaul looks super young. It was so funny. We were both like, Dave said, he looks like a baby. He looks so young. In He's this, also in this. so beautiful. I was yes, something RuPaul's else. Yes, very, RuPaul is a very beautiful <laughs> in and out of drag. I yes. Mean. Like, just his face is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and so tall. Very, like, yes. tall. And, yeah. No, RuPaul looks great. Um, it's just so funny to see RuPaul butching it up, though. It's just that. I know. Um, I love it. Is Mike. Mike. Um, Mike. Which is the perfect name for that character. Um, Absolutely. So that's all happening, and it's really great. And then they basically, obviously, I mean, it's not funny, but it is. It's funny because of the context of the movie. But, I mean, they bully their daughter into, you know, they force her to go to this conversion camp. Um, well, that's one of the things that I appreciate this movie about this movie, though, is that it's actually, like, a really funny movie. And like, Oh, for sure. It, it takes something that is so difficult and so painful for so many people and it doesn't it, and there are very sweet and real moments in this movie but it doesn't like you know it it it, it makes fun of the right things you know what yes. i mean it makes fun of the ridiculousness of gender roles and the ridiculousness of of the idea of you know going to conversion therapy and that kind of stuff which is a very real horrible thing for some people who they that experience that of course but i love i just it's nice to see a comedy about being gay honestly absolutely no and also like i mean the fact that they're sort of tackling the nuances like surrounding Mm -hmm. that is really wonderful too um yeah so it's it's really great and we've got her heading to um straight horizons true directions Like, to be you, honest, the what, percentage you were so confident. I wasn't at all. I swear to God, I wasn't at all. I was actually you earlier. You faked it mo- until you did not make it. There was a moment earlier where I was thinking, oh no, I don't remember the name of it. And I didn't write it down. And I actually, we were talking about something and I, stu- I started stumbling over my words. And I was like, oh no, there's no way. What am I Do you know about? what that was? You 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 Adele Adele dezimed it. Adele dezimed. Come into the stage. It's so good. It's so good. So good. For those of you who don't know that reference, John Travolta was. Who doesn't know that reference? People might know. We have to be respectful of our listeners, Brandon. You're right. I'm sorry. People might not know, but there was a time where (laughs) John Travolta was supposed to introduce Idina Menzel and like couldn't read her name or the teleprompter like got fucked up or something and he said so confidently ladies and gentlemen Adele Dazim (laughs) (laughs) and that is what Brandon just did with Straight Horizons (laughs) (laughs) yeah what's the real name again True Directions True Directions okay Straight Horizons is pretty good though right it is pretty good it was it's better than Adele Dazim I'll tell you that (laughs) So, um, Jane, let it, Jane, sorry, let it go. I see what you did there. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, so that all happens. We get there. She's sort of being walked around by, uh, well, well we meet. Kathy Moriarty, mm-hmm. one of the greats. She's um, Mary. She's in charge mm-hmm. of the of this place. She she oversees what's going on here. And um, 
yeah, it was just really funny to see Kathy Moriarty. Moriarty, <laughs> and then she's getting walked around. She goes into like the girls' room, which is like this saccharine pink. It's like yes. everything in the room, and also just a real. I mean, it's a product of the time period. We talked about this before with like Josie and the Pussycats, but it's mm-hmm. like everything's really shiny and sheeny, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of plastic and mm-hmm. like pleather happening it's very like that like a lot of slippery surfaces I feel like well I think so part of the thing that I think the reason why they chose these really like the the there's the two colors that exist mm-hmm. in True Directions which is this really bright blue for the boys and this really like saccharine pink for the girls and I think part of the reason is is that a lot of conversion therapy relies so heavily on like finding your way back to your specific gender roles and that you know helps you find out who you're and this to binary be. existence <clears throat> and like and Yes, exactly, this binary existence. And I think um, one of the reasons why they chose to use that sort of plasticky, like very intense, like almost like everything is so fake. It's so, there's not a real fiber in that place because I feel like it contributes to how like fake and unrealistic and ridiculous these sort of gender roles are. So they really like leaned into that in every aspect in this movie. For sure. And I mean, it, it, it really serves its purpose. And I think that, like, honestly, like, the casting of, like, Clea Duvall is really perfect because mm-hmm. she is, of everyone here, she fits into this sort of the least as far as, mm-hmm. like, the ideals and, and the willingness to sort of bend. Like, she is the most unbending, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, in her and from her, her point of view. I mean, and so there's that moment when the room and the door opens and she's on the bed smoking a cigarette and... Ugh, and my I know, I know. Every beat. Be still Jane's heart. I I can only imagine. And so, yeah, so that so that moment was really great. And then we have, and then it's also, this is all part it's of the... It's such a good scene. That's an iconic scene. scene. Yeah, yeah, it's a really wonderful... I, yeah, that makes total sense to me. I didn't know that, but it's like, yeah. It's a totally iconic um, scene. And I love the... um that They have sort of like the root discussion, which I have a question for you. So for years yeah. in our friendship, mm-hmm. there have been points where you are a good friend, Eric. There have been like points mm-hmm. where I've heard somebody will say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually one of our friends that is queer will make a mm-hmm. comment like you know if I was to be like oh I was obsessed with G.I. Joe's when I was a kid and then one mm-hmm. of you will go that's your root mm-hmm. really quietly yeah. and that's where this is where it comes from that's from this movie I yeah. never knew that and so yeah. for years there would be times where like I would hear somebody would make a comment like that and you guys would be like that's your root it's and I absolutely never knew what it, where it came from it's absolutely part of the queer like lexicon like so many queer people say it some people know it's from this movie some people don't but um, we always make jokes about the things that are you know that like quote unquote are the root for why we're queer and there's so many things that I've referenced and it's it's one of my favorite things that comes from this movie because it's so ridiculous I mean the idea that everyone has a root Jane, well, this is a, a good time for a question. Then, what's your what's your <laughs> root, Jane? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I have a lot of roots, but one I like. I mean, to I'm ref- looking at them, but we're not talking about <laughs> your hair right now. We're talking about how know, fucking dare you? I'm a natural blonde, and that will stay the 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 story that I stick to. That's right. Um, fake it till you make it, Mama. <laughs> um. 
I actually, I have many roots, but I do remember, um, uh, I can't, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember getting a single of Constant Craving that <laughs> by Katie Lang, and I remember the insert of the, like, cassette tape had, like, pictures of Katie Lang dressed up looking like James Dean, and I was like, what's happening to my body? <laughs> Which is like so fucking gay. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so good. That's like the youngest memory I have of being a big queer mo. That's amazing. I love mm-hmm. it so much. Um, but I'm sure there are. I mean, there's so many, so many gay moments in my life. <laughs> that's so good. I love it so much. Mm. Um, and then also I love. Hold up. What? You weren't, you're just gonna ask me my route and you're not gonna share your earliest homosexual memory? I don't really, I don't know. I I really don't remember like, like having a lot of those. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember like a specific moment where I was. Well, I don't either, but I mean, there are plenty. I I don't know. I remember, I remember like, this is horrible. I'm not gonna say that. I don't. It's I don't know. Funny. I, it's supposed to be a funny one, like a fun one, like an obviously gay trait or something like that. You know? I know. I don't know. That's why I can't really remember anything. I I don't know. I don't really remember like a specific moment. Do you remember having to like hide something that you knew would like make you make people like that you yes. knew you weren't supposed I, to like, but you didn't know why you weren't supposed to yes, like it? Yes. I remember okay. I used to, when I was a kid, I remember, this is horrible. This isn't like funny though. I guess this is going to be like kind of sad. <laughs> But okay, rem- well, we'll cut it if it's sad. Or it's, maybe it's your truth. It's fine. It's not that big. But I remember being a kid, and I remember always wanting to play with my cousin's dolls. And I remember, mm-hmm. like, my uncle always being like, no. And, like, he would take him away from me, and I would get yelled at about it. And I remember my cousin. I don't know if she remembers this. My cousin, Kyoko, she used to, when he would leave the room, she would let me play with her dolls. And I remember Aww. that. And she would, like, play with the cars. And she would be like, here. And she would let me play with her dolls. And it was the well, hair. Well, bless always, you, Kyoko. I was always upset obsessed with the with the hair on the on the Barbies and stuff. I of course I wanted to like brush it and style it and things. And I think that's where my troll I had a really big troll obsession as a child. <laughs> um and I think that's where that came from because the trolls had that hair and I was like this is close as I'm getting. They also had that <laughs> but they that also flowing had that, hair. That bejeweled belly button. And I remember Which one is time, very gay. <laughs> yeah extremely and I remember like one time when I was a kid my mom was dating this guy and his son was coming over. It was like I I'd met him but I hadn't met his son and I remember he was coming over to mm-hmm. spend the weekend with us and I remember my mom was like be like be good and have a surprise for you it's like you're good this weekend and I was a really good child BT dubs but <laughs> I remember I had to share a bed with him mm. and he was sleeping at one end and I was sleeping at the other and he was like he was just like a wild sleeper and I remember like his feet kept getting in my face <laughs> and I just remember we got an argument like I, we were yelling at each other or something and I remember my mom came in the room and she's like, what's going on in here? And he was like, Brandon's kicking me. I was like, he's kicking me. And my mom was like, you remember that? She was like, you remember that gift that you were going to get? You're not getting anymore. And then she pulled it out and it was like a new troll. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> So upset you <laughs> oh, yeah. troll. It was like a 
brand spanking new troll with that thick head of hair and that jewel belly. And you had like, you had braiding plans. You had oh hairbrushing plans. If only you knew. I was just like, nah, not the troll, mama. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and I oh didn't get it. God. I was so hurt. <laughs> Clearly, you still remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. I used to cut Barbie dolls' hair. Um, Why? <laughs> Who are you? You got a license? <laughs> I probably wanted to turn them all into like oh, militant dykes. <laughs> yeah, we would have. With like a like a, a like a fancy buzz cut from a lady. <laughs> oh, she was trying to have her GI Jane moment. <laughs> I feel you, girly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that that probably would be like one of the earliest memories. Um, although little, I mean, although that's such a silly one. Yours is a lot more like ma- making contact with something that you're feeling inside, and mine yeah. is a lot more. There's plenty of like little boys that grow up to be, you know, our heterosexual who play with dolls and wear dresses. So that's not quite the same as yours. But like, but I think like I also think like this is actually a good tie into the movie too because like growing up I did not have any quote unquote obviously gay traits like I was not I don't fall into the stereotype that like a lot of or that lesbians fall into so like this movie actually like opened my eyes in a huge way too where it was like I knew that there was something about me but I couldn't place myself because I didn't see anybody like me who identified as queer and so obviously this is the most heightened version of a per- of a person like it's about a cheerleader I wasn't a cheerleader but I was seriously femme and I didn't see anybody like me who was you know who was gay on TV or in media at all and so this was one of the things where it was like because it was satirizing gender roles so much and all of that and then there's that moment where that character Jan who's like really butch and she's like hey guys like I was never gay like you just think I'm gay because of the way that I look or whatever and runs out like it made me reevaluate a lot of things like hey like just because I'm confused because I don't fit a stereotype I, I have created in my head or society has created for me it doesn't mean that I can't identify this way I while you were talking that was really profound actually and like that sort of did open it up for me mm-hmm. um, I do remember what what my okay I did okay I remember what my root is now um, <laughs> this is all, my root is actually like my like my real root was probably <laughs> HBO's um, Oz <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one because okay I will say this so like I remember like Queer's Folk coming out and I kind of like remember like vaguely mm-hmm. like watching parts of it but I never identified with Queer's Folk and like me neither was, and I and hated was, I hated the lesbians on Queer's Folk I was like these are the worst characters remember, the, remember what was her name the one with the red hair the clown wig they used to put her in <laughs> she like ran the bar oh that well first of all show a lot of respect because that was um that wig though Sharon, so, the wig the wig was ridiculous the wig was, was wild Sharon, she was from Cagney and Lacey. Um, Sharon about, Bless. There we go. I wanted you yeah. to show a little respect. It was interesting because you know, <laughs> I was show respect to the name. Oh, excuse um, me for my little brain fart. <laughs> but um, here we go. Straight Horizons all over again. Um, but was that right? Wait. No, on. it's True Directions. And you said 
True Horizons, I think, maybe? Yeah, I keep getting confused. You said confused. straight directions. You're throwing them all out there. So, um, oh, that's, oh, that sounds like a super hetero, like, <laughs> boy band from, like, the 90s. <laughs> straight direction, straight directions to sounds my Sounds like a Christian heart. boy band. Straight directions, straight directions to my nether part. <laughs> um, so... Uh, so yeah, so I remember that show, and I remember I just never, which is most of like the gay experience that I've had for a, for a lot of time. And I know a lot of queer people of color, especially, can relate to that. It was just it was all very like white and blonde and pale, and I was I, so yes. I also I was a I was just like oh, okay, like that didn't speak to me, and I think that kind of was a part of why I didn't really I like it was like oh I don't know, but Oz though I remember I'm watching <laughs> that, and I remember. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I think like. Like it's so it's so significant to be able to see at least part of yourself like obviously like you know you identify with characters doesn't mean you identify with everything those characters bring obviously I was not a cheerleader I was not that kind of person but like seeing someone like that helped me identify myself and so I, I'm sure you know <laughs> I don't know if Oz helped you identify yourself that might be I've never seen Oz but I know it's about prison and I think there's a lot of gay sex it wasn't identify you were correct there is it wasn't about it wasn't like how I identified myself no. it was just like oh this is this is what the men are doing <laughs> oh um, this it was is very this that is, well this is this movie also isn't my root so to, so to speak I mean I no guess that no take Katie, backs. um Katie, that Katie Lane tape we're going back to the Katie um, <laughs> no Dave also noted Dave wrote in and he said that Straight Horizons is the main competitor to True Directions that's the sequel the two of them are competing <laughs> to round up the most days <laughs> and convert um, them oh when I first read that by the way I thought that they were like I thought it was like a pitch perfect which I also haven't seen by the way i thought it was like a perfect like a competition like he meant that they were like competing for like some sort of like a like competition i mean we're writing the movie it can be whatever we want this is the sequel straight directions take straight damn it straight horizons taking on true directions in like a big like what like like convert straight conversion competition where they both have like <laughs> like groups that are like gonna perform hit songs and like see who wins. Uh, but it's like it's like everything is bad. <laughs> it's also like no one wins because <laughs> no one wins because everybody is traumatized. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So that all is that'll happen. That's really great. I love the outfits. There's a moment also yes. which I also wanted to note. It it's literally a moment that it made me laugh because it's just in the movie. To to set up a joke and it's a moment where they're all eating like lunch together mm-hmm. and um graham yes. like, with duval is legit eating sushi rolls yes. and everybody else is eating pieces of bread with like it was like a piece of bread with like four slices of bologna and then a slice of it was American like cheese. prison food and it's like how did sis get the hookup i get that she's from a really like wealthy family but it's like oh so and, and then literally um what the the andre Andre is his name? Yeah. Andre mm-hmm. um, makes the joke that um, she has sushi. Um, what he, he says that she's just upset because she snaps at something that Megan says. And she he says, oh, sh- don't worry about her. She's just upset because that fish on her plate is the only she'll get. And... I just thought, yeah, I thought. I know, I totally noticed that, and I'd never noticed that when I watched it before, and I've seen this movie a hundred times, and I was like, where the fuck did 
to go and get that sushi because like they're making fun of her, but they're eating shit, and I would much rather have that sushi, which I they're think says a lot Wonder about Brad me. With that gum <laughs> we see you. Um, so that was really funny. Um, that was then there's funny. Also, this moment with uh, Eddie Cibrian plays Rock, who is Captain yes. Moriarty's son. Um, he's giving me full on. Um, he's giving me a little, vibes. a little Miss Chichi. He's giving me <laughs> a little Augustus Spartacus. Um, yes. He's got the cutoffs on that are clearly those cutoffs. It's like you didn't buy them that short, Mama. You had to, you had to get a pair of scissors and get. Oh, to absolutely. Um, they're is great. Atticus Spartacus. Is it Atticus Spartacus? Augustus I think Spartacus. so. Oh God, Dave. Wherever Dave, Dave's gonna type something up really quick. I'm sure. Because he <laughs> is a huge Birdcage fan. Um, which early, I, mean, I was actually going to bring. It's a great up. movie. It's an amazing movie. I was gonna bring this up actually earlier too because I was gonna say we we're talking about you know binary and all that, and I was gonna mm-hmm. say the other thing too is that for so many people because you brought up really interesting points about um, just sexuality and like Mm -hmm. how it's viewed and the lenses that it's viewed through and I think not all straight people but a lot of straight people view sexuality in that sort of pink blue way and I think honestly and I'm not coming for this because Nathan Lane, Rob Williams, Legends, and Incredible in that film, but I think it's because like a movie like Birdcage, which was a huge hit and a huge cultural moment, um, is like that's like a lot of straight people's like those types of experiences are a lot of straight people's in for a long time. Not anymore because mm-hmm. we have a lot more like media and exposure, but for a lot of people, especially in like the '90s, like that was the way that they sort of like broke it down. It was very like who's the man and who's the woman, and totally. so a character as incredible Agador like, Spartacus. Agador Spartacus, thank you so much. We love you, Dave. Um, but I mean, like, those kind of characters, though, I think, like, for people, it's like, oh, so Armand is, you know, Armand represents sort of like the, the male. Um, Yeah, Armand is like the male figure that people can sort of like break down and understand. And then Nathan Lane as Albert is sort of like the more effeminate, uh, flighty one prone to histrionics. Um, Mm -hmm. Justice for... The quote unquote, the stand-in. But people always say to gay couples like, who's the man and who's the woman? And like still people say shit like that. Yeah, people are fucking idiots. (laughs) Also, if somebody wants to go ahead and start that petition to get Nathan Lane the Oscar that he so deserves for the birdcage because yeah yeah it's um it's about fucking time right some wrongs because I watched that movie not too long ago I've seen it a million times Nathan Lane is so damn good he's so good you're making me want to rewatch that movie one of my issues with that movie too although it's it's actually not an issue but I think it's just like an issue with like the 90s is like they totally strip anytime they have any any queer people in any 90s movies they totally strip them of their like sexiness or like any they're just like they're totally desexualized human beings they're just like you know ornaments uh, to like make a like funny quip and then leave you know oh for sure I mean that was a whole thing with Will and Grace where like Will only allowed to have a boyfriend for like an episode and then the jobs always got in the way and then maybe they got a kiss but it was always like a kiss on the cheek or like that area between like your cheek and your mouth right where it's like it always had to be played mm-hmm. for comedy and so it's like 
very that. I actually thought your issue with the movie was going to be Dan Futterman's portrayal. Oh, well, of that Goldman too. And how he is so obscenely disrespectful. He's horrible. I actually think we've talked about this on the podcast. We've t- have we? Okay. He, in the enough is- in the enough episode because Futterman oh. is in the enough episode, and we and he we finally watched. saves a queen in enough because he didn't, <laughs> he didn't really do it for for you know our good Judy Nathan and no um, in he, this movie Albert it's yeah, just like the erasure he's of the, like him he's the real life. villain of that movie to be really honest with can him. we talk about yeah. it so yeah so anyway uh, yeah but it, that sort of spoke to what we were talking about earlier there also the moment though with Eddie Cibrian as Rock when he comes outside he's like the mm. flamboyant son of like the head of this like conversion camp uh, and he comes outside and um, he's got his cutoffs on and he's like you know living his fantasy and then she gets upset with him because he's drinking this like cocktail drink like with like out of this like <laughs> straw and then um, Kathy Mortiardi who's like literally pruning fake flowers by the way like yes it's amazing <laughs> it's so funny um, and I said to Dave the flowers are fake just like this place is exactly well yeah. I I I do think that was like part of it is like everything is fucking plastic because none of this is real. None of this is real, yes. Yeah. And she starts, she gets mad at her son and she um, slaps his hand and she's like, no more sipping, chug it like a man. I don't know why this moment was so funny to me, but I couldn't stop laughing. Either time I watched it, I watched it twice. She's like, no more sipping, chug it like a man. And then he like, and then he takes the drink and he he pours, he starts drinking it and it's pouring down. And he just goes, there. It's and that so good. That there is just, it's so pitch perfect. And it's a line that could have been a nothing line. But, but he took his moment. He puts that stink on it. There. <laughs> you happy That's now, a mama? good moment. Um, so it was, it was really great. Um, and yeah. then also, okay. So then the really, another super weird moment that happens in this movie is when they're, all the girls are in the room. They're in bed sleeping. And then um, our heroine, Megan, is woken up because she hears a little buzzer going mm. off nearby mm-hmm. and it's the girl um, Sinead who's next to her she can hear a little buzzer and she sees a little red light sort of illuminating through her covers which are over her head and mm-hmm. then she shares with her that it's um, a form of therapy that she's doing in order it's AV therapy it's aversion, AV, therapy. aversion therapy that she's doing in order to train herself to only be um, sort of sexually um, aroused by um, the male form or the male well it's um, anytime you think of anything sexual about a woman you use this little device to buzz yourself which causes a bit of pain so that you try to train your brain not to think of that anymore yes and so she's doing this and then and then Megan notes that she's got Graham Clea Duvall's character she's got Graham's sock and she's like is that Graham's sock and she's like no and yeah that was really funny that was so funny I also Sinead, I also thought Sinead was very hot she was my number two in this she's movie. very pretty she's yeah very, very, um, number two which everybody loves to hear I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've been out and somebody's come up to me and been like hey Sinead. baby my number one Left with his number one. <laughs> and that leaves me with you, my big fat number two. <laughs> and it's like... Are you get, calling me shit? <laughs> it's like, let's get out of here. I'll hate myself tomorrow. <laughs> Am I right? Um, 
So that's a really great moment. And then right after this, Kathy Moriarty comes in the room and she's like, it's so weird. She's like, your parent, which is like, it's funny to me that she like wakes her up because her parents are calling her. Cause it's like, just talk, call back tomorrow during hours. I know. Why are they calling so late? It's so funny. So, late? so they call and then, um, she, and also while they're on, they're on the phone with her and it's like one of those amazing shots where the camera's close up yes. on Megan on the phone, but in, in the um, background, you can see cl- clearly in focus as well. Um, Miss Moriarty is sitting on her bed, <laughs> like tending to a guitar. Like she's is- just sitting there holding a guitar, doing nothing to it. It's so in her it's like perfect in like a mumu, like overhearing this conversation. And it's like for some reason, you would think that they would be like, you know what, we're gonna give you a book. But Miss Moriarty was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't save know a book. single chord. <laughs> Give said, me the guitar. You save that book for Sally Field, sis. You got Moriarty <laughs> on here. You got Raging Bull in the building. Give me that guitar because I'm a real actress and I'm going to work this scene. I'm going to tune the shit out of this scene just like I do this guitar. <laughs> and then the director was like, but don't actually do anything with it. Just like caress it weirdly. And she was like, say less. Um, so, done and done. done I and do love done. I do love what Natasha says on the phone here. I don't know if you noted that. What'd she say? She, she's talking to her parents and she's just like so resigned and sad. And I just love the delivery of the line. I'm a homosexual, but I'll be regular soon. (laughs) It's just like so sad and horrible. And she sounds like so resigned to the fact that like, yeah, all right, let's figure this out. Let's, let's fix me. And I don't know. It just, it's such an absurd line. It makes me laugh so hard. Yesterday, actually, I was on the phone with my divorce attorney and I said the exact same thing to him. (laughs) So it makes sense that that would stick with you. I also want to note that Sinead in the bed when she's like doing the aversion therapy, she says to Megan, you want to like dick? You better start training yourself. <laughs> so, the, there's so many good one-liners in this movie. And that was one of, a actually, really intense line. One of the ones that we um, skipped is when we first meet Graham and she's like introducing herself to the um, the crew. Everyone is like standing up and introducing herself. And this is such an iconic line to me. And she's like, hi, I'm Graham. And I like girls a lot. And I was just like, <gasps> like me. dead. Me too. <laughs> uh. I was just, it was just so like the delivery was so cute. Like it was just like my heart, my God, my 15 year old heart. Also in the root scene, Andre says, I ain't the only one who ain't got no root. And then <laughs> and then he's, Mary says, no profanity or double negatives. <laughs> and I just, I'm here for the specificity, girl. Like those are the two things we won't put up with. Anything else, you go wild. Limericks, have at it. You got a cute little haiku? Deliver. Give um, it. Keep those double negatives to yourself, though, baby. Um, mm-hmm. Which I guess in a way is almost like a... Is that also like symbolism? Double negatives? Two negative signs next to each other look like penises fucking against each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is an interesting take. Um, you agree? I don't know how two people with penises have sex, but I do think it is. They take... And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you take one penis and you take another penis and you make it's sure It's like a finger trap. Have you ever seen, yeah. seen an Adams Family when... Yes, um, where they put the finger trap in. And... 
but in it, when it's two people who have penises having sex, what what exactly is the trap at this point? So these two penises are facing each other, and then you said it's like a finger trap. Like what what acts as the trap in a sexual situation? I think self-hatred, really. Okay, so shame, just wrapped in shame. Yeah, that's going to keep okay. you in that room. <laughs> so, um, or that car, or that alley. I don't judge. Oh. That's Shane's apartment. <laughs> um, so, there's a moment also when um, when they're outside and um, Eddie Cibrian is, like, living his full, like, fantasy. Mm. And then the two boys are, like... <laughs> Andre and I forget who, Preston I think Clayton. they're like Clayton and they're like yeah. and Andre's just like rubbing on his chest it's on so Clayton's funny. nipple it's on, so good and then he's like no and Mike's like no none of that <laughs> but like, I love the Mike and Eddie Cibrian or I guess the character's oh, name is Rock the I, like I just knew they were going to run off together or hook up and they never yes. did that was the one thing I wanted and I didn't get I thought I there's, know there's you want to believe that that happened well there's a moment when Natasha sort of slips out of the um, the bedroom and she's like masturbating like and she's hiding in the office and she's um, she's touching herself and then she hears noises and you see her walk towards the desk she's in Mary's office and then we, we see that it's Dolph and Clayton like hooking up behind the desk mm-hmm. and they both are like no no and I thought it was going to be Rock and Mike hooking up oh that would have been good yeah and I, was like, oh, I do want to live I do, I was sorry. I was gonna say I do really want to live in the world where they ran off together once they sort of, um, you know, broke the chains of you know Mary's gaze. Oh, for whatever. sure. We want to believe yeah. that's a sequel. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then there's also um, the moment the parents come in for like some sort of like family therapy. Family therapy, and <laughs> we realize that like you know Graham has a sort of hard exterior, but we meet her parents and like we see that her dad is like a really like intense, no nonsense kind of guy. And he wants her, you know, straight. And um, he says to her, you know, if she doesn't get it together, there'll be no college, no car, and no trust fund. Um, He also says, when you get back from Switzerland, you better have this gay thing out of your system. (laughs) Which I I just thought was, like, a really funny sentence. It's It's so good. I love the specificity. It's because I feel like that's probably something that's been uttered by parents before. You know? like like absolutely. You know, so many people think, this kind of thing or maybe still do or definitely used to think that like you know this kind of thing is, is a phase queerness can be a phase or whatever and so if I had a nickel just, for every time I heard like in like a train station or like <laughs> during one of my travels my jaunts you know across the globe I've heard a parent or you know say like if when you get back from Fire Island you better have this whole gay thing <laughs> nipped in the butt <laughs> and you're like oh I'll nip it in the butt baby and I'm like well no I observe people, not me. I'm not going to do that. Mm. But I just observe them. And oh. I think that's a place to go. If you want to, if I you want to, you know, get away from it all. Yeah. Get away from it all. Get away from all this gay shit. You want to get away Fire from Fire Island. Get out of like straight ass Minnesota for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, head up the island. <laughs> um, so yeah. So very that. Um, and then um, they are, the next thing that I'd sort of wanted to comment on which I guess I touched on earlier with the whole Dolphin Clayton thing Mm -hmm. is the fact that like 
Megan like rats on them so quickly. I know. And it's so like upsetting. it's just so out of nowhere. She starts screaming, which is like, why are you this shook? You know these two people. They're her like delivery, they your friends. Her, her delivery of oh my god, ew, is so good. It's it's so funny. She starts screaming, and then like everybody like comes in the room, and it's. Just I like, know it's an it's the ultimate betrayal. But that's the thing about Megan is that she thinks the right thing is to tell the truth. You know? Yeah, until until she's living she's living her fantasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then it's different when they're sniff, sniff, still in little moments away and everything. Um, but yeah, she rats them out, and then one of them gets. It's Dave noted this is illegal. One of them gets put. Clayton gets put in a doghouse and in locked a in, and he's like locked into this dollhouse, and um, Dolph is just unceremoniously booted from um, straight. Fuck, I don't know the name. Straight, Dude, I, I, straight I, horizons. I, no, true horizons, true horizons. True horizons. No. it's the confidence for me, and it's also wrong. <laughs> It's true directions. I exactly. don't understand exactly why, why you you can't get it, right? Exactly, Jane. Grow up. So um, she rests him out really fast, and then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but also I noted that I thought like, huh, we're giving up really quickly. We're giving up on like that money. Cause from my perspective, it was like, if you were running this type of an establishment, you just call the parents and you say, oh, it looks like Dolph's going to need another month. Looks like we're going to have to figure out a way to, you know, to keep him here. And it's going to be another 5k. I hate it as much as you do, but <laughs> I him, that's a good point. Like, why are you spinning in my office? And, um, so that was really great. Um, and then I loved how, yeah, I loved how, you know, there's a montage of these two. We love movies with montages. There's a montage Mm. of these two really, like, discovering each other's bodies and, like, having really, like, great, like, hand-holding moments and stuff like that. Are you Um, talking about Graham and Megan? Yes. Yeah, they have their little moments where they're grabbing each other's hands and they're exchanging looks. It's all very... It's very... It's very gay culture because I feel like that's so much of what you can have in public when you things are in secret like that's so that's so inherent and so known to so many queer people like having those moments and so it was nice to see that show up in this movie and in moments and in cultures where PDA and things like that can't be shown. Those right. moments are sometimes like there's this really incredible moment. You still haven't seen the film, and I, this doesn't really give anything away. I don't know, maybe it is. Age of Innocence. So there's this really great moment when two people mm-hmm. um, are in a carriage together, mm-hmm. and they're not supposed to be. You got a look on your face. What's the look? Well, I don't want you to give anything away, but okay. I think I think I know. I think I know the point that you're getting it, which is why I think I actually really like um, period pieces about love stories so much Mm -hmm. is because there is a queerness to them because most of those sort of romances are like forbidden or like not allowed because, you know, people had to be like engaged before they could even like be in the same room alone together. And so there's so many of those moments where there's just like stolen glances or like a brush of the hand or whatever yeah. and I love those movies because to me that's so queer you know Jane really loves the show Outlander I'm sure this is 
<laughs> that show is not about stolen glances. Oh, okay. That show that show is about fucking. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Which, to be fair, I also the, love. That was the press release, right, Jane? That was a direct yes, quote? I wrote uh, it. This show's about fucking. Um, so, <laughs> so, no, that you're really, you're, you're totally right. I mean, those moments, like, I, there's this great scene in this movie, The House of Mirth, starring Gillian Anderson. Shout out. Mm. Um, uh, she, what her character, it's all about, she's a single woman and she's at this man's home and he is trying to entice her to sleep with him and she doesn't want to. And she needs him, she basically needs him to escort her out of his home so that she can get, um, she can get a a ride home. So she can, um, she can get back home and he's refusing to Mm -hmm. do so. But, like, she feels she's trapped because it's like if she were to leave his house without a gentleman escort, Mm -hmm. then that in and of itself could be enough to ruin her reputation if someone were to see her. And she's a single, you know, she's this unattached woman, so she's, like, at his mercy. So he's in the house, and he's, like, ogling her, and she's, like, you know, please call, you know, call your driver for me, sir. And he's, like, Mm -hmm. refusing to do so. And you're, like, thinking in your head, like, oh, my God, just leave. But, like, for her to leave in and of itself would be enough. You know, that's a scarlet letter. Like, Mm -hmm. her walking out of his home unescorted by a gentleman. So it's that thing, though, but you watch it yeah. and you're like, this is a type of tension that, like, we don't experience in our society. But, yeah, like, the touch mm-hmm. of a hand, those moments are, like, they're electric, you know? When you, yeah, when you sort of step out of, like, current culture and you think about, like, what's at stake. And, yeah, like, the touch of an arm when you're crossing your arms is one of those great moments with Megan and Graham. Like, those mm-hmm. types of things, those stolen glances, like, mm-hmm. you know, the brushing of someone's hair, if you're brushing their hair. You know, like, mm-hmm. any of those little things. Things. I mean, there's this weight, you know, and there's that moment sort of like- where um, Graham is like drinking water. They're mm-hmm. like brushing their teeth before they go to bed, and she like drinks water and like. It's just like it's slowed down, and uh, Megan like catches a glance from that. And like when we were watching that, like both Tara and I were both like, <gasps> you know, it's just like those those moments where you just like you can't fully be as like intense about how much you like someone, you know. And so those moments yeah, are sure. everything. It's so good. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. yeah, those moments are really great, and they're really sweet in, in the movie. Um, and then um, there's a moment where where these two decide after uh, they they sneak out, they have their like mm-hmm. getaway. Uh, it, there's a moment where like Megan is like dancing with like a slightly older woman, <laughs> and like she's got her head rested on her shoulder, and I was like, Jane's living her full Cherry Jones fantasy right now. <laughs> I famously have an older lady crush on Cherry Jones. Um, Cherry Jones is a very attractive woman. She is. Thank you very much. I'm trying to find out who that person is because I uh, that person you're gonna be doing a deep dive. No, that person's a name. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. Hold on. Julie Delpy. That's her that name. That was Julie Delpy from Before yes. Sunset. Yes. She's up. She's in all of the the movies with the Ethan Hawke. Um. Before yes. Sunrise. Before Sunset. Um. She's also in a movie with um Chris Rock, I believe. Um. Uh. Her and Chris in... Rock co-star in a, a romantic comedy together, I think, as well. She's it's in a ton of Paris. stuff. 
Um, yeah, she's yeah, she is. I did not put together that that was her. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. I, and I'm pretty sure Julie Delpy was a name at that point. So that's I mean, uh, yeah, because this is way after this is way after like before sunrise yeah. or before sunset or whichever one is. Whatever. I've never seen any of those movies either, but I just mm-hmm. know that she's from those. Movies. I haven't either. Um, we should watch those. We should, right? Actually, my brother-in-law, um, shout out to Steve. Um, hey, Steve. He recommended that we do the before sunrise, before sunset really? series. Yeah. He was like, I feel like you guys would like do would like to do those, uh-huh. so we should put it on okay. our list. We should put it yeah. on the list. Um, thanks, Steve. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, yeah, so they go out. They they have this moment. This is the first time that like Megan and Graham. Graham's dancing with Sinead. Sinead's living her best life because she's been sn- smelling Graham's socks for weeks, <laughs> and she's like, "This is a real thing." Also, Graham's going out outfit when they walk into the bathroom, and Graham is in her black button that down. Black button down. And, like, living her, like, soft butch best life. Like, oh, my God. Lil' Jane was, like, <laughs> to use a phrase from Brandon, a me likey. <laughs> I hate it so much. I can't believe I did it. Also, I've never said that before. Brandon, you... <laughs> This is so... Brandon does that all the time, and it's really pervy and creepy. No, I don't. Don't believe anything she says. Y'all know she lies. Um, (laughs) So then they get back. They sneak back in, which is like... It's so funny that... It's funny, too, because they're... Hold on. Are you going to cover the scene in the back? The scene in the back? You're talking the bat in the back of the club when in the alleyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the whole thing. They get there. You know, Megan and Graham have had this sort of back and forth. Very like the relationship's been developing. It started out really sort of contentious, but it's slowly evolving. And so then they get to this club, and Graham hasn't really professed her her you know feelings for Megan. Megan obviously hasn't professed her feelings for Graham. They're both still sort of like playing it cool. And then Graham sort of like calls over our Julie Delpy and sets it up so that Megan can go out and dance with her. Megan's dancing with her. Graham starts dancing with Sinead, who's got a crush on Graham. And it, Megan's observing Sinead and Graham dancing together, which is like, you know, obviously, given the fact that Megan has feelings for Graham, it's like, you know, her worst nightmare to see these two together. So mm-hmm. Megan storms off into the alley. Graham comes out after her. They have this little confrontation. And I actually did write in here. That's why I wrote this. I didn't know why I wrote this thing that I'm about to ask you. So okay. they're screaming at each other and then like Megan and then Megan just I mean then Graham just kisses her and they she's like she's like I want you she's like you she's like um you know I'm sorry about what's happening there and Megan says do whatever you want and then Graham says you want me to do whatever I want and she says yeah and they're standing like face to face kind of yelling at each other and then Graham's like okay and then Graham grabs Megan and starts kissing her like if and you think that was the only reason year okay, old first Jane, of all Jane was getting floor. revved up as I was describing what was happening in that scene that was fully Jane Jane was like you want to describe what happens Brandon and then just like heavy breathing while I'm like describing it like yeah yeah and then what she do next she's using me as a sexual like conduit to to help her I was a vessel being used to help Jane live out like her full sexual fantasy she's like don't leave out a don't leave out a detail yeah 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 start over she pulled out a cigar for some reason I don't know but this is like honestly this is this is a um a uh, Jane's also wearing a fedora now just so everybody knows (laughs) and it looks what looks like a zoot suit jacket so she's (laughs) what 
going. What? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but Jane's fully living her own soft butch fantasy, apparently. So this is <laughs> completely out of pocket. None of those things happen. Yeah, yeah. I what just... happens? She went outside. <laughs> I thought I wanted you to say I wanted you to talk about it because I thought you were going to skip over that part and talk about when they got back to True Directions. Jane's like, worst nightmare on. was me skipping over the scene. <laughs> because this was a very significant scene for me. And we all Tara, know it was. Yeah. When Tara and I were watching this, we were both like, I feel like this was like the best like lesbian first kiss in cinematic history. Like we, wow. both, we both like went there because it was like, I don't know, maybe just for us, like for millennials. No, that's, maybe, no, that's but, valid. Yeah. Um, it was just like it it was the payoff of something that you don't normally get when you see queer um For sure. characters in movies or TV because they either cut away or don't or you know what I mean or they don't or one of the lesbians have... goes off to like kill herself it's like yeah exactly someone dies or like you know someone's hit by a fucking train and it all ends in fucking tragedy and like all we wanted was like a cute romantic comedy <laughs> and like this pays off this does this for for me and for Tara and probably for other queer women as so well. So this, do, this does it for you and or for your queer, wife? Queer people in general. Um, yeah. Does no, it for this you? Is, yes. Yeah. This gets you any, there. Any questions? Brandon, my family listens to this. I'm just asking. I want to make sure that we're on the same page. No, Hi, I just mean... family hammers. I love you so much. And yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it does it for me sexually. I'm saying it is a nice payoff to see something, see a relationship like ours on screen. And to see that root for a couple and see it pay off. That's what I mean. For sure, yeah. No, that was a really sweet scene. romance, like, that means everything to me. I'm, as as we both know and discuss, like, I'm a huge romance person. That's so important to me. And so to see a queer couple have that moment of romance is very near and dear to my heart. That's awesome. No, I love that. I, I really like the scene too. It was really sweet. Mm-hmm. It was everything that you wanted out of this moment and the tension's been building so it's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you if you'd ever kissed anyone during a screaming match um, similar to what they did where you're like, because I was like, I feel like this only happens in movies. Like, if David no. and I were having a fight, if David and I were like yelling at each other and I went in for like a kiss, I feel like... <laughs> be like the weirdest thing ever (laughs) i've never had like a dramatic movie moment where it was like the passion immediately turned from anger maybe you can start start a fight with tara after this and have like (laughs) i'm I'm happy to pick a fight i'm happy to pick a fight you'll just be like you manipulative bitch i hate being Mm -hmm. married to you I, I, the problem is, is that I Tara's, killed someone yesterday. I, Tara, I've been with Tara for eight years. She's never ever yelled. She, I've never heard her yell. So Tara, I love Tara. She's. The, I know. She's she so puts nice. up with. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So that all was really wonderful. And then all, when they get caught, because fucking Graham has a matchbox that she should have never taken. Which also, while I was watching the movie, though, I was like, it was Sinead. Oh, you know what? It could be. We don't know. 
Yeah, because Sinead's, never at this point, Sinead is like peak pissed because it's like that full on, like, you know. She sees Graham and Megan making she out. Sees them, she and, sees them making out outside and then they're canoodling in the back of the van on their way back to sneak back into the conversion camp. And she looks up and Megan like glances. Megan's like looking out the window and Sinead's like, bitch, you looking at me? <laughs> I know. And she's like, no. <laughs> she I'm comes like, oh. in so hot. It's like, she's Sinead, like, give it up. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, no, I'm over here with my girlfriend. How about you? Living that solo life? That's cute. I'm just Any coupled up doing me. And she's going to be doing me later. Fancy that. Um, so, Sinead's to peak angry. And, like, um, it's just really funny. Like, they sneak so back we should in. Say, yeah, so should, we should say that, because um, I don't think we explained it that well earlier, that they get caught because um, Mary finds a matchbooks, matchbook from the gay club that they go to underneath Graham's bed. And they snuck out. There's this counter group that's sort of, like, of, of ex, um, ex-members of that... Uh, former true directions um, yes former <laughs> members of true directions these are former um former patients or former captives of true directions um <laughs> and they have this play it's wesley mann and richard mole richard mole famously um uh was in the long-running television show night court um, that's probably the thing. Bull from Night Court, that's the thing that you would probably know him from. Um, but they're really wonderful, and they're a couple, and they basically, they break these these kids out, and they take them so that they can see, like, you know, it's okay to be who you are. This is, like, a nightclub. This is a gay club. You can be here, and you see all of these, like, well-adjusted people here as well, which isn't always true in real life, but <laughs> it was nice to see it in this movie. Um, <laughs> well, well-adjusted is the stretch. We don't know how well-adjusted the We don't, was. but we know that these are gay people. <laughs> We know that these are gay but people that are gay. no they're gay people that are no messier than you're gonna find over at the straight club. Exactly. And so so it's like, you know, they're basically letting them know it's okay. There are normal adult people that are queer who exist in the population and are like members of society that are like valuable and mm-hmm. their existence is valid. So they want them to see because they say we want you to see the other side of it. We want you to know that it's not all like, you know, hell, fire and brimstone and death and damnation. Mm-hmm. So they take them out and then they sneak them back in which is so funny because before they leave Megan sort of walks in on everybody getting ready to go and then they're like yeah we're gonna sneak out and it's like everybody's sneaking out like nobody's staying behind it's just so funny because they're like don't say nothing and it's like (laughs) this is the whole crew Y'all are all sneaking out. What a bold decision. But everybody goes, everybody gets brought back in, and then they're all, like, sneaking back in, and they barely make it back in, of course, before Moriarty, you know, slips into the room to see what's going on. But they do. Mm-hmm. But then that matchbooks, what the matchbook, which says cocksucker, mat, cocksucker on the matchbook, on the matchbook. Mm-hmm. And so that's her evidence, and she sort of goes around and tries to interrogate everyone to find out who's been to the cocksucker. And um, that's when, like, Megan uses an opportunity to pretend to be straight and she's like I'm actually I'm- um that's actually Graham who does that oh Graham does it and mm-hmm. Graham's like I'm actually into dudes now and so that's sort of like she's like I have a crush on Joel and Joel is like the the effeminate Jewish gay yeah. guy it's really great <laughs> so it's great. really great um and then um shortly after this uh, Mary decides we're gonna go over and we're gonna we're gonna basically like pick it outside of the home of these two um Lloyd and Larry Lloyd and Larry Morgan Gordon yes we're gonna pick it outside their home and one of the signs which really made Dave laugh just said silly <laughs> faggot chicks are for dicks 
and <laughs> so good. That time. It's really funny. The signs were great. I mean, horrible. Yeah, awful. But they're carrying the signs and everything, and yeah. So, and then these two are pretending to like guys. Now Megan jumps on board, and she's like, "I'm really into, you know, I'm really into men too." So, <laughs> so she starts like massaging rock, and then like, um, the f- one it just is like such a throwaway line, but it's so funny to me when, um, there when Joel and Graham are eating cake, and he's like, "Oh, I keep forgetting all these things." Like, get her the cake, get her the cake, and then like the camera is panning away, and Graham is like, "Oh, you're really sexy, really manly, or whatever," and Joel <laughs> says, "Yeah, I feel like I'm the aggressor." <laughs> Like that line, it's so you you would miss it, but like I just like I heard it on my second viewing of it today, and I was like, this is so fucking funny. I don't know why it's just his delivery, but it's really good. Go back and watch it. He's really good. Yeah, he's dead. He does a really great job. <laughs> he's great. Um, and then also there's this moment where um, <laughs> Dave, there's a moment where we finally get like the payoff of like the intimacy, but they sneak away, Graham and Megan, and they yes. have their intimate moment, and Sinead sort of wakes up and is boiling over like knowing the two of them are having this intimate moment um, under the blanket of night, and mm. Dave said, this is too much. And he was just like, it's just a lot, and it really is. It's like, it's just a lot because the movie's tone up to this point and it's like a lengthy scene mm-hmm. and it is like the two of them mainly just like <laughs> sort of like cooing and like caressing each other and making out but like the camera is like in their mouths well okay so that scene was actually I think that scene was actually edited because when this movie first came out like an NC-17 rating wow. because I I think it was like a legitimate this movie. scene yeah it's so and, crazy and the director Jamie Babbitt has since come out to be like look this is like an incredibly like homophobic racist like industry like you know she had originally wanted um, uh, I think Natasha Leone's part to be Rosario Dawson but they wanted like more of a quote white American ideal so that's what they chose Natasha so although I think she, so she's Natasha fantastic gets this in the part. And Rosario gets Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> which for Rosario I, which to be fair I'm pretty sure Rosario may have made more money during Josie and the Pussycats but yeah, she probably one did. movie is de- decidedly much better but Wait, anyways who did, well, I'm sorry who was Rosario wanted for for Natasha Leone's part for Megan. Uh, see, I would have thought for Graham's part. Graham. Her, I would have taken her for any of them. Uh, you'll like, still take her right now. I'll take her right now. Let me <laughs> call Cory Booker and see what's up. <laughs> um, but Rosario does have, like, um, what I refer to as big gay energy. It's not necessarily, yes. like, a gay person, but they have, like, a gay vibe to them, and I feel like she's sort of, like, dancing on that but line. I don't that, know. I don't know how she, how identifies. she identifies. Yeah, but... I know how I identify her. Um, But so that, so going back to that sex scene, which is like, again, as a 15 year old, I was like out of breath watching it, like couldn't believe what I was seeing. So unbelievably just like slack jaw. Do you need me to describe it in more? No, I do not, Brandon, but let me. (laughs) But going back and watching it as an adult actually is like, this scene is like, is. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's exactly what 
I feel like you would describe to me as like what lesbians do in bed, which is like a lot of caressing, a lot of like very like muslin fabric, muslin fabric, like a lot of like candle soft lighting that, um, you know, that cello music and like you don't actually see what happens. It's just a lot Tracy of like Chapman shots plan. of like, Tracy Chapman yeah, plan. Don't forget that. <laughs> Money baby, baby. Well, Tracy Chapman Um, self-titled album one of my favorite albums of all time I mean it's a classic but that song actually in this sex scene by the way well uh, oh I I, looked it up because I hated it oh my god you don't understand how okay first of all this soundtrack is one of the most elusive soundtracks in cinema history they never released one and so so many queers on the internet spent a long time oh my god putting it searching down uh, like searching for all of these songs and trying to put together playlists and you can find most of them now it was much harder in like 1999 when it came out I had a friend who actually like I think she made like a burned CD of it but like he was missing a lot of the songs because you couldn't find these songs but that I used to be obsessed with that song that was playing in um, the the sex scene because I couldn't find it anywhere. It's it it's I I've since looked for it. I found a YouTube video of it, whatever. But it used to be so so hard to find. But I love I love the music in this movie. I what's I, the name it, of it again, Jane? The song the band is called Tattletale, I think. Yes, that's um, what it was. And it's called like glass cello vase or something um yeah it's there sorry glass vase cello glass vase cello that's what it's called so i think it's on youtube now but it was like famously so hard to find and i there's a lot of music on this uh in this movie that i absolutely love that like is still like part of my like major rotation just because this movie is special to me and there's like um you know a lot of connections to the songs and i also think they're great songs but i'm sure you hated that song <laughs> but um i did but i'm happy that you like it though genuinely um, that sounds shady yeah. but i genuinely mean it i am happy that you like it because they, they use it a lot in the movie it's used yeah. like three times mm-hmm. um maybe if i saw it again i'd like it more i don't know but um they, this all happens sinead's a fucking hater so of course she goes and rats on them Mm -hmm. Um, they get brought in and then the parents get brought in and there's this whole thing where like she wants they're doing like um, this um, sexual simulation partnering Mm -hmm. simulation and so she like says to Megan like if you will you know there's one condition under which you can stay here and it's the agree. final step to all it's the, the steps final step achieve. and so she's like you know they made it this far and she's like this one condition under which you could stay here you have to agree to do part in a simulation with my son rock and um, <laughs> rock those are very good Kathy Moriarty <laughs> and they're like um, and then they're like uh, she doesn't want to do it Megan refuses and so then she goes to, so the second person gets the offer who was just going to get booted before she's like there's one condition on which you can stay here I'm ready to do sexual simulation with my son rock and um and so Megan's like oh well Graham's like bet I'll do it um, <laughs> Graham's like I'm getting that trust fund one way or the other I'll live my life in the closet till my dad dies <laughs> which I do Those have to millies. say like I understand that like the more like noble things to do what Megan did but I no, don't, feel of like of course Jane you, you have to say it to me 
I'll do whatever you want me to do as long as these trust fund checks are clear. Exactly. I I'll, probably would have gone Graham's I mean, route. I mean, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to find some beard to, like, pretend to be, like, my wife, whatever. She'll of be course. taken care of, too. It probably would have been you. And, then, and I would have happily obliged as long as those checks kept coming through. Yeah, girl, I know. I've met you before. I know it's all about the money with you. I either have to read lesbian fan fiction to you, apparently, or give you money. So, um... She aggressively you, you, chucked her. She aggressively <laughs> chucked her Timberland boots on the ground. The um, flannel actually, wasn't going to unbutton itself. <laughs> Brandon and I did go through a phase in the beginning of the pandemic where we read um, oh, online yeah, that was fun. online erotica to each other, and it was mostly lesbian erotica that we read. It to was each a other. lot of lesbian erotica. It was really fun though. There was some. It good was ones in there. so funny. Oh, it was like <laughs> we would have Zoom meetings to like laugh at. But our other friends online were. Part of the Zoom meetings, and I feel like they weren't living for it like we were living for it. <laughs> also, we were the only ones who were the readers. Like, nobody else wanted to read it. Was that true that nobody wanted to, or did we not let them? <laughs> Actually, we probably didn't let them. <laughs> Either way, it was in good hands. Um, and so... And so then we started a podcast, as you can tell, because we love the sound um, of our own voice. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, we were, we were we were really here for that that erotica. It was really coming through. Although some of those stories got really dicey and you didn't realize they're halfway through. And it's like, this doesn't belong in this section. You're doing some... We're playing around with some really dicey themes that I'm not here for. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. Um, there's also this moment where before she offers Graham like you know this convert the, to do the simulation and she brings in Graham's stepmother and her father and they're like really upset with her and then like her stepmother says this is why your mother left are you ready to lose your father too and it's like <laughs> And I was like, her lesbianism is why her mom left? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really like, unclear what that it meant. It was a lot. I was just like, also, like, as a stepmom, like, shut the hell up, girl. Talking <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have a right. You don't have the exactly. fucking right. You're trying to do your best Ellen Barkin, but get out. <laughs> You're barking up the wrong tree. Hey! Hey! Where's, where's your asymmetrical bob, sis? Because <laughs> if you don't have it, you're not ready for the assignment. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah and then Megan ends up getting banished from the part also I thought it was really funny that the place they were filming at Megan's doing her they kick her out she's doing her and her oh and also early in the movie it was noted by her parents that she also can't come back home if she doesn't complete treatment which was right. so interesting to me because it doesn't that wasn't like the vibe you got from them but you know no. there's plenty of those awful parents though that are like you know they exist and, sweet and do horrible shit so and I just I do I do want to make a PSA um, as well um, just for anybody who's listening who may feel otherwise that if you are about if you if you would kick your child out of the house for anything for being queer for being you know anything you don't have children stop having children would you kick your kid out of the house for being boring jane That's a fully different story. If my kid isn't okay. interesting, if they don't keep me sort of on the hook, you know what I mean, <laughs> on a daily basis, I don't know. I, we're not connecting, you know what I mean? And I, I will 
I would ask you to leave. Yeah. I just had an image of you like <laughs> making your child perform like a scene with you from like whatever happened, whatever happened to Baby Jane, and like I fully had an image of you making your child play the role of Blanche, and like it was just it really worked for me in my mind, and me just in the audience with popcorn, living for it, waiting on my scene. Um, well, that is how we would treat my child, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so that all happens. Megan, and it's Megan's leaving though it was really funny to me is Megan was walking away with her two like suitcases there's a point though based on the, the place they were shooting where like the sidewalk like ends and then Mary- Megan's just walking through like a f- like grass I don't know why it's so funny to that. me it's just funny <laughs> I was just like what's okay so Megan <laughs> walking ends up into getting... the unknown <laughs> exactly and Megan gets mm-hmm. taken in by Larry and Lloyd the two gentlemen mm-hmm. who um sort of have been trying to support these children and like actually discovering who their true identity and not like stifling it Mm -hmm. Um, She shows up at their home. They take her in. And Dolph, who was banished earlier for hooking up with Clayton, is at the house as well. In a full set of rainbow... um, It wasn't even pajamas. It just looked like a rainbow button. Like, like, was it rainbow pajamas? It was, was, yeah. It was a rainbow top and bottom. They were like pajama shorts and like a short sleeve, like button down. And he's doing really well. He's happy. He thanks her for getting Mm -hmm. him out of there. He's like, you know, I'm living my, you know, my next life. I get to, you know... He's like, thanks for ratting on me. For ratting on me getting me out of there um what you meant for what you meant for bad turned out to be for good mm. so gotcha so <laughs> he's doing good he um he loves it there and um it's really wonderful we see megan sort of like realize that there is life on the other side of it that involves like a lot of like love you know and self-acceptance mm-hmm. is really you know gonna lead to like the kind of long-term happiness that you know she seeks and so we've got that moment and then we go back and the sexual simulations are happening and everybody's literally wearing unitards. Um, They're wearing like the Adam and Eve like leaves on their privates. And then the leaves are covering their privates. And um, at one point, one of, I think, is it, is it Joel who asks about foreplay? Yeah. (laughs) Joel asks, she's like, okay, get on top of her. And then Joel's like, what about foreplay? And then Mary (laughs) says, foreplay is for sissies. Real men go in, unload, and get out. It's so good. That's one of my favorite lines from the whole like, movie. You tell it, sister. Um, <laughs> so that was uh, really great. And then everybody, I guess the last test of their homosexuality was making them all all wear these latex outfits because it was just like you're really you're really veering towards the other side with these like specially custom tailored latex suits that you're putting these gents in because this feels like they're so- ready for a water sports night over at the jacket. Um, <laughs> they are fully waterproof. They're the graduation outfits, and they're yeah. the most exaggerated. The girls wear the they're like plastic outfits, basically, and the girls wear these pink dresses, and the boys wear these blue suits. As they I mean, have they the look time. like those sort of quintessential like seventies um, polyester suits that you see. The I think they're like vinyl. The, maybe? No, no, no. They are, but they look like those yeah. powder blue polyester suits with the shirt with the ruffles and everything that you'll mm-hmm. see photos of like a family member maybe in from like the 70s that's the style of the suit but it's all like plat like blue pleather um it's great it's not I, even I pleather it. i think it's vinyl and I the girls and the girls is like a 1950s shaped dress that's like absolutely like fuchsia 
Exactly. Yeah. Also, it, um, so so that really happens, and then um, Megan and Dolph have had a conversation. She's really one thing's really funny was I felt like Megan was really trying to like connect with Dolph on like the <laughs> I'm with Graham and you're with Clayton storyline, and it was like I don't know if it was that fantasy for them, but you're really trying to push for it because you want like these two to have what you guys have. So they're like, we're gonna sneak in, we're gonna steal Clayton, and we're gonna steal Graham during the graduation, and mm-hmm. it was so funny when they like came out in these full on like camo. Destiny's Child camoed like <laughs> Survivor uh, camo suits and they're running through this field in this blue camo like couldn't be more visible if they tried. <laughs> For real. It's an open field. There's like one tree <laughs> yeah. and they're like doing the army crawl and shit and it's, it's like so they're funny. gonna see you. <laughs> and so um, Dolph steals Clayton um, but um, but she makes Megan tries to steal Graham away. She sort of pulls her away when people aren't looking as they're walking in. And Graham's like, no, I have to do this. And ultimately, you know, Graham makes a decision to go after Megan. There's a moment where you think she's not going to and Megan's going to have to leave, you know, with Clayton and Dolph alone. And Graham sort of shouts out her name as they're getting ready to, to drive off in the pickup well, truck. Well, she does her Megan, like... Oh, my God. Jane, yeah. thank you so much. I cannot <laughs> believe I forgot. Megan... Me so Megan pulls her and Jane's like, this lesbian erasure is not going to happen today, Papa. <laughs> not um, on my clock, Daddy. <laughs> so so Megan, Megan pulls Graham aside. Graham sort of says, no, I have to do this. And she pops up. It's, even though it's like, how did nobody see this moment happen? Um, but Megan, like, Graham pops up and goes and takes her seat at the graduation. Moriarty's giving her speech, Mary. And Megan runs back to the truck. She pulls, she's like, I know what I got to do. I got to put <laughs> Pull on out the big full, guns. We're playing with kinks now. I got to put on the cheerleading <laughs> uniform. And she goes out and she delivers a really, really lovely, sweet cheer. Um where she basically, you know, declares her love for Graham and uh and then she and then she runs away. Uh, back should to we the do truck. the ch- should we do the cheer? Do you have it? I'm looking for um <clears throat> Okay, it's yeah. <clears throat> I want it. Hold on. Or you okay, do, do you, you want- do it? You do it. No, you should do no, it. No, no, no. I'll send it to you. You do it. I assigned okay. you the movie. Let's have you do it. I'll put it in the chat. Ooh. Okay, so Brandon is now going to perform the um, the final cheer by Megan. Okay. One, two, three, four. I won't take no anymore. Five, six, seven, eight. I want you to be my mate. One, two, three, four. You're the one that I adore. Five, six, seven, eight. Don't run from me, because this is fate. Cut to Jane Castle. Oh. <laughs> <Little> Beyonce. <laughs> also the opposite moment of this. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, but um yeah, so then she runs off and well Mary kind of chases her, I guess. Um because <laughs> Mary's had enough of her graduation been interrupted. Um and then yeah, she runs off. You think she's going to have to leave without Graham. And then she hears Graham say, wait. And Graham jumps in the back of the, the pickup truck with her, the bed of the truck. And 
they they ride off together into the sunset and um there's also and they a make moment. out in the back of the pickup truck like they every lesbian movie of, should end there we go um mm-hmm. and then there's a moment where we see a little snippet of like her parents at like a support p flag style meeting where <laughs> they're looking for support although they don't seem happy about it her mother <laughs> her mother's in hiding it's an adjustment period it's an adjustment period <laughs> uh but yeah so and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, and so that's it. It's um, you know, my my heart is full every time I watch it. My heart fills it was a up lot of to fun. the brim. It was a lot of fun. Would you watch it again? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a yeah. blast. It was fun. It was okay. one of those movies that I I knew I was gonna love it before I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave really didn't want to watch it, and he was like, <laughs> "Watch it without me." And I was like, "No, I want you to watch it. I want you to educate yourself." And he what said, did Dave think about? You know I what? Hate, Actually, uh, I hate sorry, learning. Go. I don't want to mm-hmm. grow as a person. And mm-hmm. I said, Dave, when you signed up for this relationship with me, mm-hmm. you knew that growth was a, was going to be a prerequisite. You're going to be growing. You're going to be reading Chaucer. We're going to be having tea and crumpets. We're going to be doing all sorts of like smart people shit. Um, Dave just texted <laughs> and that he hates this narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he did enjoy it too. We, we both were smiling Good. at the end of the movie. It was really sweet. This was so fun. I'm so glad that you saw it. I know, I actually know that we've been talking about, um, I feel like we've been talking about you watching this movie too for a long time. And then I was like, have we been talking about the fact that we have seen it or that we hadn't seen it? And so I was glad to remember that you hadn't seen it but anyways so do you have a movie for me to watch i do i almost want to give you the the choice thing again but i have a movie that i that i have been wanting you to watch and i think our listeners will really appreciate this one so i'm gonna give it to you okay um you will be watching true lies Oh, yeah. I've wanted to watch that movie for a very long time. So that's a really good choice. Tara is going to be very excited about oh, that. Oh, good. Okay. I yeah. think that this will be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, while a- we're talking about, and, and while we're having the conversation, let's just round it out. Mm-hmm. Um, another actress who has never been given her fucking flowers, Jamie Lee Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis. Jamie and Curtis I will sing her Oscar name. For True Lies. There it, it is a travesty that she did not. You well, I'll let you know after I see the performance if, whether I agree with you or not. And spoiler alert, I think I probably will because I yeah. fucking love Jamie Lee Curtis. Absolutely. I will watch anything she's a part of, but apparently Absolutely. I miss True Lies. She's so good. She's um, fantastic. Wonderful. Okay, this was a lot of fun talking to you. I learned a yes. lot about you. Mm. I saw you at your best. I mm. always, as you make sure, I saw you at your worst. Um, <laughs> but this was an enriching experience. and For um, me too. For me too. Yeah. And thank you, listeners, for hopefully making it to this point. But if you turned it off, it's fine. You're just dead to us. But anyways, we will see you next week. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
sipping. Chug it like a man. <laughs>